me to Mark real quick. I don't want to, I won't keep you long. It's good to see each one of you here tonight. I believe that God has got a word for us. Uh, uh, I believe that if you'll, if you'll take a few notes tonight, I won't, like I said, I won't speak long, but I do believe that I've got something that, that will help you grow. And uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but most of your growing messages and most of the times that you really grow in the Lord is not when you're on the mountaintops. It's not. It's not, man. It's in the valleys. Tonight I want to talk to you about fact. Say fact. And truth. They sound a lot alike, don't they? Fact and truth. And a lot of times Christian people are very, very notorious for substituting fact over truth. Amen? You, I, know, I know it's hard for you to say it right now, but I want to title this message tonight. It is what it is, but it's not what it seems. It is what it is, but it's not what it seems. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 4 real quick. We're going to jump in verse uh, 35. I told you I was going to preach up to the last day, so... The subtitle of this is Jesus Calmed the Storm. Verse 35. And the same day when the evening was come, he said unto them, Let us go unto the other side, or let us pass over unto the other side. Verse 36. And when they had sent the multitude away, he took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. Verse 37. And there arose a great wind, and the waves beat upon the ship, so that it was... Now full, full of what? Full of water. Verse 38. And when he was in the hinder parts of the ship asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And uh, then he spoke to the winds. Let me back up. Verse 39. And he arose and he rebuked the winds and he said unto the seas, Peace be still. And there was a, uh, the wind ceased and there was a great calm. In verse 40. And he said unto them, Why art thou fearful? Why, why is it that you have no faith? And, and I want to talk to you tonight about it is what it is. It is what it is. Look over somebody and say, Man, it's so crazy, but it is what it is. But it's not what it seems to be. I'll guarantee you, if you'll write this title down tonight, and before I finish this message, you will go home and say, my God, the enemy has been lying to me since day one. Since I become a believer, the enemy has been lying to me. It's not a new trick of the enemy to lie to us, but it's, it's a trick of the enemy to lie to us. You know, uh, John says that the truth that we know shall set us free. Now, a lot of us can quote scripture. A lot of us can quote Bible. We can, we can uh, memorize verse after verse after verse. But, but the thing about tonight is I want you to know a thing about the verse that you're quoting. I want you to know that it is what it is, but it's not what it really appears to be because the enemy will always paint you a picture. But in the end, God will always come through for the believer. Now, if you're a non-believer, I got some good news for you. Uh, if you're a non-believer, you can become a believer and your whole destiny, your whole life will change. But if you are a non-believer, guess what? It's not going to get much better than it is now if you're a non-believer. 
You say, well, I disagree, Pastor. No. Uh, most Christians have substituted God's truth. I say most Christians because we're all guilty of it. All of us are guilty of it. Substituting God's truth over facts. We will take facts every day of the week and, and say, well, it's what God wants us to have. It's what God wants us to be. It must be God's will. It is what it is, but it's not what it appears to be a lot of times. So in this story, is fascinating because in this story, you'll find out that uh, they were on a mission to go to the other side. And, and, uh, and as I read to you in the story, guess what happened? A big storm come up. Just as soon as they got on the boat, they got everything loaded on the boat to go to the other side. They, they had done got worked in. They had done got their pillows uh, 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 put in position. They had done got all their luggage on the boat. They had done set their course. And just as soon as they got satisfied with where they were going, a big, a big storm come up and hit the ship. Now, isn't it like sometimes in our lives what happens is, is when we get on the right track with the Lord and we get everything working out and we get things going our way, just as soon as we get everything situated, the peace of God is on us and we know that we're going the right way, we've got the right situation under control and, and we're happy about things. And just as soon as we leave the port, boom, we get hit with a big storm. And, and, and guys, these were his disciples, and I want to talk tonight to you a little bit. I want to teach you something tonight about these disciples because they're no different than us tonight. We might act like we're different than they are, but something happened to these disciples that we need to take note to. These disciples had been traveling with Jesus for a long time. They had saw Jesus perform many miracles. They saw Jesus walk on water. They saw Jesus heal, heal the blind. They saw Jesus raise the dead. They saw Jesus feed the multitude. But here was a situation that come up. It just totally blowed their minds. These were professional fishermen. These guys knew how to fish. These guys knew how to ride out a storm. But for once in their life, guys, when this storm hit, something happened. They, were, they, they got scared. They got fearful of what was about to happen. They lost control, and, and, and they had to rely on somebody else to grab a hold and take control. And the Bible says this about them. In, in, in the midst of this storm, when, when the waves come up, and you may be thinking that, well, I've heard that story so much, I know we're going to dig around in a little bit. But when the waves come and they, 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 they begin to crash down on the ship to where uh, they set in a panic mode and they begin to be fearful for their lives, uh, they forgot all about uh, where they were going and what they were doing. The Bible says that they become so fearful that they went down into the bottom of the ship and begin to wake up Jesus. Some of us need to wake Jesus up right now because uh, oh, we're in some storms in our lives and if we don't get, if we don't get Jesus in our boat, uh, uh, our boat may sink, glory to God. Uh, we may think that, well, we don't have to have Jesus in our boat, but I'm here to tell you tonight that if Jesus is not in your boat, if you're not in the right boat with Jesus, uh, you are going to miss out on an opportunity of a lifetime. Some people, I hear young people tell me this all the time. Oh, Pastor, i got plenty of time. I'm going to live like I want to. I want to do what I want to. My brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. You don't know what day may be your last day. You don't know what day you may draw your last breath. You don't know. You're not promised that. You are not promised a tomorrow. You're not. But all I can tell you is this, though, that if you will uh, 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 ask Jesus into your heart, if you allow the Holy Spirit to come into your heart and begin to work, he will change your life and he'll change it forever. 
It's not, it's not a chore, guys. I'm going to tell you something. One of the greatest privileges you'll ever have is serving God. See, some people never get over the hump of serving God, and they find it a chore. That's why some people only make it to church one time in their lifetime. They go one time, and they realize, I don't like it. They may go two or three times and realize it ain't for me. But if you'll go to church long enough to allow the Holy Spirit to get in your life, to get in your heart, and begin to change you, you'll find out something about church that will, will change your life. There's nothing like church. There's nothing like having Jesus Christ uh, uh, driving your boat. There's nothing more exciting than having Jesus walk with you on a daily basis and talk with you and speak with you and show you. See, some of the biggest debates that you ever have with people is, does Jesus really talk to people? Does he tonight, my brothers and sisters? You know, and, 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 I, and I find that interesting because I believe there's people even in this room that will struggle with the fact that Jesus talks to people. I believe that there, there's, a, 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 there's people in this room that will, will struggle over fact that I don't really see him. I know you teach a, a Bible school on Sunday morning and you preach uh, on a Sunday morning on Wednesday night that God's in existence, but can you really prove that God's in existence? You know, people take fact over truth and they believe it. So here's what the disciples were doing. They were taking fact over truth. And you say, what am I talking about? Uh, Jesus told these guys in the very beginning of the outcast, he said, get on the boat, guys. We're going across the lake. You know, and I think about us tonight, and each one of us, we all got different situations and different scenarios going on in our lives. But the Lord has spoke to us and told us, directions at what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, and where we're going to do it. And here we are when the storms come up and, and things get to where we're not really comfortable with them. We get, un, we get uncomfortable in the circumstances we are. Guess what we do? We forget about Jesus and we go back to the fact instead of the truth. Fact of the matter, there was a storm out there, man. Fact of the matter was they were scared for their life. But the truth of the situation was they got a word from God that told them it didn't matter what come up between the time they started to the time they finished they were going to the other side that's why we got the Holy Spirit tonight we got the word of God because the Bible tells us those that endureth unto the end those that believe God's word those that will seek God's past shall endure unto the end shall have an inheritance in heaven glory to God one thing about being a Christian is this. One of the good things about being a Christian is this right here, guys. John 8, 20, 8, 32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. See, a lot of people can quote that scripture, and a lot of people can quote that scripture, and a lot of people can quote that scripture, but the fact of the matter is, very few people really know what that scripture means. He says, The truth that you know shall set you free. So I begin to study on that this week. I begin to ponder on that, and I begin to ask God about that. And I begin to look at this, this story in Mark, and I remember Jesus' comments to his disciples. He told them before they embarked on the trip. It was a very pretty day. It was, the sun was shining. It was a great day. The fish were biting. They had done had a great successful meeting, and they was going across the lake, and Jesus gave them a word. Man, we're going to the other side. And all of a sudden, during this time, something come up. And I think about us, guys. What about the stuff that's in your life right now? Those things that are hindering you and are stopping you from being the champions that God wants you to be. The things that really are, are, have, have stalled you to, to stall out. 
the things that's come into your life and, and, and it's took away your zeal and took away your ambition because it's, it, it's got you to where now you're looking at fact. Fact is you're getting older. Fact is, you don't know if you can make it no more. Fact is, you don't know if you can make it that long anymore. Fact is, man, storm after storm has beat up against you, and it's changed your attitude. Fact is, glory to God, you don't know if you can swim to the bank or not. But the Bible teaches us not to look at fact, but stand on faith. Stand on truth. Stand on the truth of God's Word. And so I begin to think about that. And, and this is some of the stuff I want to give you tonight about truth and how that my assignment tonight is to teach you something about truth. Okay? Truth will outweigh fact every time. Fact, facts work in a court of law. Facts work in the natural realm to where people stand on sight instead of faith. Okay? Facts work in that arena. But for the believer... You must learn to stand on faith. For the believer, you must take your eyes off of the situation and put your faith back on God for you to come through as a believer in God. Let me go on just a little bit. When Jesus told them, he said, disciples, get in the boat. Why? Because we're going to the other side. And as soon as they got in the boat, boom, a storm come up to stop them, to make them wonder, to make them doubt. And guess what happened? That's exactly what they did. They took their eyes off of God. They took their eyes off of their deliverer. And, and they began to think and cry out, Lord, have mercy, save us, for we perish. We're perishing, God. We're, you know, and I think about this. If I were to go from one end of the room tonight to the other room and ask you about what is, what is your God dream? What is the dream that God gave you? What is the purpose in life that God has given you? And I wonder what you would say now. Is it the same thing it was five years ago? Is it the same thing it was ten years ago? Or have you allowed the storms? Have you become so weather-hardened? You know, uh, there's, a, there's a term in, in war they use, and it's called you become so war-hardened where you, you're used to war and that you've lost your zeal and you lost that love and that compassion, that fire for God. And Jesus told his disciples, he said, man, if you would have realized, if you would have just realized the word I spoke to you, you wouldn't have come unglued. You wouldn't have lost it. Reminds me, yesterday, I went to McDonald's to get me a drink. And, uh, and you know, I got us a cheeseburger while I was there, okay? And, uh, and I pulled up to go out to, to leave out of the, the, the parking lot. And I got behind this little bitty silver car and, and they kept sitting there, and they kept sitting there, and they kept sitting there, and they must have sat there for five minutes. And I really just—they sat there long enough for me to lose my patience. So I—I I eased that big Chevrolet emblem on up in the rearview mirror, and uh, and and finally, I mean, they sat there to where there wasn't no cars coming. And the reason they sat there, they was mixing their drink, and they was on the phone and lighting their cigarette and all this. And finally, when they got out, I just kind of followed them on out and kept that Chevrolet emblem in the rearview mirror. And, and so the lady tapped her brake, but I didn't tap my brake, and, and she had to gas it again because I didn't tap my brake. You know what was about to happen, right? And so I just eased on around her and pulled up beside her, and she started shooting me birds. And I laughed. I mean, I really did. I laughed because I thought, wow, you know, if that's all you got, that's all you got, I guess. 
and I wave. But I realize that, you know, people, we're living in a state now where people are so violent because they don't have Jesus abiding in their hearts. You can say, well, Pastor, that would have made me mad too. Yeah, uh, uh, but I, road rage is plumb out of control. You know, uh, what about the guy this uh, last week from Buford strangled his brother's girlfriend? Did y'all hear about that on the news? Strangled the, mo- the girl and, and her little daughter, killed the little daughter instantly, then the mama died. In Buford, that's where we're from, guys. And, I, and, and you, you look around and you realize, man, road rage is something crazy nowadays. Everybody, I, when I went to get my gun permit a couple years ago, the lady at the window says, everybody's packing now. And I laughed and I thought, yeah, well, you know, these are treacherous times. All you can do is try to stay close to the Lord and, 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 and live as right as you can. But the moral of the story is this, is what I want, to, I want to relate to you tonight is this. The more we focused on Jesus, the more we got our eyes on Jesus, the less of the storm we can see or the less of the facts that we can see. And facts will, will try to reveal to you truth that's non-existent. Think about that for a minute. When the storm come up, I'm not denying the facts. The storm did come up. When the storm come up, then when, when the disciples begin to lose it and begin to lose control and they begin to fall to pieces, thank God they had a Savior they could go to for help. But the point I want you to realize this tonight, guys, is, uh, is the, the false evidence that they believed. They believed the evidence over Jesus. They believed that the storm was going to do them in, and they didn't realize that the truth was in the boat with them, and the truth was the one that was going to set them free. And that's where we are. We're believing so many different things nowadays. Do we really believe in the truth? Do we believe in the truth? Let me go on just a little bit. Simply because Jesus said so. Just simply because Jesus said so. I wonder how many of us really believe that today, that because Jesus said it, we don't have to worry about it. Because Jesus said it. It's an interesting fact that not only in this story, in the book of Mark, you'll find out, but all throughout the Bible stories, you'll find stories in the Bible where people exchange fact for truth. They, they give up the truth of God for a, a moment fact. And sometimes, how many of you know the facts may not all be true? The facts may not all add up. Even though some of the facts present themselves, it may not be the truth. It may not. Uh, let, me, let me give you another good example. Look at your own self. How many people say that you would never make it in life? Because they looked at the outward man, they looked at the facts that they saw in the natural realm, and they said, you will never make it. But the truth of the matter is, you probably wouldn't have made it unless you learned to put your trust in Jesus Christ. And because you finally found something you could put your trust in, you realized and come to the realization that the, tr- that the truth you know is what's setting you free. Is this making any sense tonight? Here again, here again in this story alone, we find out where the disciples abandoned truth for fact. 
I'll guarantee you, in this room tonight, there's people you're struggling with, struggling with many different things. Each one of us has our own problems. Each one of us has our own issues. And you'll be surprised at what we, we believe is truth when we come to realize it's just nothing but fact. 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 Let me, let me give you another, another example about fact. You know, and most of you know I'm going to have to have some surgery. It's not, it's not a lie. It's not something I'm covering up. I've got to have some work on my kidney. The fact is, you know, they're showing stuff on it. But truth of the matter is, Isaiah chapter 53 says, by his stripes I am healed. Even though I may have some symptoms, facts are, yeah, i got a few symptoms, but bottom line is Jesus has the final say. The truth of the matter is, yeah, I may have a few symptoms, but, but the truth of the matter is by his stripes we are healed. We are. I know it may sound like a ridiculous thing, but I tell you what, I'm putting my faith and I'm putting my trust in the truth. And what did I tell you John said about the truth? The truth that you know shall set you free. So glory to God. There may be a few facts, but i got more truth than I do facts, so I'm going to stand on the truth and watch God do a great miracle. That's what it's all about. Can I go on a little bit further? Again, the promise was very clear to the disciples. Let us go. He said, let us go to the other side. But guys, this is what I want to talk to you about tonight. These things that happen to the disciples happen to us too. Storms come up in our lives. Distractions come up in our lives to get us off course. I remember, I, I remember uh, when, when, when June got sick one time, uh, 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 the enemy told her she would never get better because she had a pulmonary problem. Facts was, man, she... Hacked up her lungs and, and, and couldn't have no energy and didn't have nothing like that. That was her facts. Facts was her, man. That was her. But that wasn't the truth of the matter. The truth of the matter is the Lord said if you believed, he would heal you. He would set you free. The truth of the matter is we're, we're, we're all sinners. We are all sinners. And we need Jesus Christ to make it to heaven. Everybody has sinned after Adam. Everybody has. We've all, I don't care how perfect you say your life is, but we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all missed the mark with Jesus Christ. We've all broke one of the commandments. We've all told somewhat of a lie somewhere down through there. But, but the, the facts are weighed up against us that, that yeah, we've sinned and, and we've committed sin, but the truth is if we'll turn to Jesus Christ, we have a way of escape. We can miss hell and make it to heaven. How do you know heaven exists? How do you know it don't? I can prove that it exists because I'm a believer. But, guys, this is the thing I want to talk to us about. There are two type Christians in this world, two type Christians. And I know that some people are going to say, oh, they're hot or cold, or they're lukewarm. No, this is what they are. They're, they're, they're the one type of Christian that panics when things come up in the world, just falls to pieces, busts out crying, loses it. That type of Christian or they're the type of Christian who, when a storm comes up, they find peace and strength. 
and calmness. You, you think about it for a minute, and you'll, you'll admit that I'm telling you exactly the truth. There, there, there are two type people in this world. I used to work at maintenance uh, in, in an in industrial place, and uh, I seen when I, a, a drum blow up, an alcohol drum blow up, and the guy lit it with a torch. And the, blum, the drum, the alcohol drum, 55-gallon drum, went through the roof of the building, the metal roof of the building. And about as far from here, that back door there, me and two more maintenance men were standing when he lit the, lit the torch to light, to burning to the alcohol drum. It melted his safety glasses on his face. And I watched people in that building run like scalded dogs out of panic and fear while this guy instantly went into shock. I'm not saying, you know, it's, it's easy all the time to hold it together, but I'm telling you something. When you're firmly grounded and rooted, it will make a difference in your life when storms come. It really will. It don't matter what storms come. A storm is a storm. Really, guys, it really does. It, it doesn't matter if it's a storm of you or a storm of your kid. The storm really works the same way in your life. It breaks you. It pulverizes you. It, it has you looking at things different. You're seeing the waves crash down. You're seeing the lightning. You're seeing the boat getting full, and, and, and it's taking on more than it can carry. That's the purpose of a storm is to get its eyes off of us, to get our eyes off of Jesus. And, and I'm reminded because out of these people that panic, they're also the type of people that when troubles come, they doubt God. They doubt God really, really bad. And, and when I think about this, and I say this to people all the time, because, see, my job is to try to get you to grow. It's not to point fingers at you. It's not to tell you how bad you're doing. Because in my book, you're all all-stars. You really are. And the reason why I can say that is, is because if you're just trying to live for Jesus, you're doing more than the, the lost people are. You really are. There are times that when, when storms come up in people's lives, they doubt the promises of God. Then there's times that when storms come up in people's lives, they, they grab a hold of a Bible verse. And they just continue to quote it and stand on that verse. And they, they memorize it and they stand on it. And they begin to hang on to that verse until that verse is manifested into their life. That's what produces growth in a Christian. You know, and, and I tell people this because if you're still going through some of the same storms that you've been going through for the last 10 years, the, uh, the last 10 years, God is trying to grow you. It's not a bad thing, guys. It's not a bad thing. It's an awesome thing to grow because the greater the level that you grow in God, the higher the mountains get, the sweeter the valleys are. You learn to put your trust in God. And, and, and when, when, when you are on the mountains and, and the storms are coming and the winds are blowing and your hair is blowing back and, and you might feel like you're on the front of uh, the Titanic and it feels awesome, man. It's because you've grown enough to grow past your fears. And, and in Psalms 46 says this, it says, For God is our present help in time of trouble. We've got to get to the places in our life to where we start realizing that this Bible is a tool that's to help us grow. 
It's to help us grow, guys. And, and we're not supposed to end up being 80 and 90 year old and being full of doubt and fear. But 80 and 90 year old, we're supposed to be full of faith, ready to take on a mountain, ready to fight a giant on our, our, on our children's behalf and on our children's, children's behalf. That's what we're supposed to be doing at that, that time in our life. Let me give you another one because I want you to write this one down. 103, verse 8 in Psalms, it says, But yea, though I pass through the valley of the shadow of death, for thou fear no evil, for thou art with me. When we go through things, the disciples fail the test in Mark chapter 4. Guys, I'm going to tell you something. How many tests did you fail in school? All of them. Praise God for honesty. You know, the ones I passed was the ones I got the cheerleaders to put my grade on the paper. On the paper. That's the ones I got to pass. Uh, uh, but guys, I'm telling you something. Uh, sometimes you may fail a test, and it's just so you'll see what you know and what you don't know. It's not an indication, though, that because you fail the test, God is done with you. Uh, God is not done with you because the proof that God is not done with you, if you hadn't have took the test, God, if, if God would have been through with you, you wouldn't be taking no test. But God is trying to get you to a place to where you can stand and fight against the enemy when he comes against you. He wants you to be strong. He wants you to learn to be a faithful soldier. He wants you to have victory in your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, I think, you know, a lot of times this is where we're caught. Right here, this is where we're caught. There are those of us who run after miracles. Man, and that's so true. You can tell, you can announce that there's a prophet going to come to town and there are people flock into a church to get a word from a prophet. But how many of you know, though, if you're right with God, if you're anointed with God, God will speak to you just like you will the prophet. He really will. He'll give you the word. He'll speak to you exactly what the prophet would say. You know, there's people chases after miracle men. I call them miracle men. You know, the men that has, has the gifts of God working in their lives, and they think they have to be on a healing crusade to get healed. But in all reality, uh, fact is, you don't have to have a, another man to lay hands on you. Fact is that Jesus said, by his stripes you are healed. Matthew chapter 8 teaches us that. By his stripes we are all healed. Uh, according to Moses, he said, and he sent his word, and he healed them all. Man, that's good stuff. But this is where I want you to see tonight. All these little old things add up after a while and it begins to lay on us. It begins to bring pressure on us. It begins to put pressure on our lives to where it's hard because fact says, man, there's more people living like they want to now and they are living for God. You know, and that's the plain truth, they are. I mean, I'm not, I'm not uh, denying the fact that there are more people living for the world now than they are for God, but does that mean it's right? Heck no, the truth of the matter is the Bible says without God they're going to perish. The Bible says that hell's enlarging herself daily because these people are dying without a hope. They're dying without a hope. You know, Christian people are exchanging uh, faith for fact. They, they're swapping out truth for what appears to be fact. Uh, let me give you another example, and I, I hate to use this one, but me and June had a good conversation about this one. My kidney doctor said, he says, well, if all goes well, I'll take 10% of your kidney. And I thought, well, heck, that's better than 90. 
You know what I'm talking about? And so I go to the heart doctor because nowadays they got it where you got, you, they want you to have your heart checked out to make sure you're strong enough to have surgery. So I go to my heart doctor. And you know what he said to me? He said, what are you here for? I said, to get a letter so I can have surgery. What are they going to do? I said, they're going to take a piece off my kidney. He said, oh, they're going to take a kidney out. I said, no. They're going to take a piece. He said, no, they'll take it all. I said, no, they're going to take a piece. Fact is, yeah, they something on it, but the truth is, they don't have to have it all. And, 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 and see, this is where we are with the enemy. See, the enemy comes in. Facts is, yeah, you might need money, man. You might, you might not know where your next paycheck's coming. It may look like your job's going to peter out and all this. Uh, but don't you know that uh, facts may say you can't make it, but the truth is that, that the Bible says that God will supply all your riches according to his, his glory. God will supply your needs according to his riches in glory. He, You have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed Beg for bread. God will take care of his people. You may not get the gold Cadillac this year, but if you'll remain faithful, God will let you buy something next year. That's the fact. That's the truth. Facts will present themselves, but yet the truth will always stand. Let me go on a little bit. All right, I'm going to give you something else. Can you put up Romans 8, 28 for me, Pat, please? Romans 8, 28. Let's read that together. Now, 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 really, if you break that down, it's a pretty simple, pretty simple scripture. Everything works together for what? For the good. Say the good. Everything works together for the good of them that. Love God. Now, let me ask you a question now. Everybody in here, don't you be lying to me. Everybody in here, if you really love God, raise your hand. Now, look around, everybody. I want you to know everybody in here tonight loves, everybody loves God. So, if everybody in here loves God, and everybody in here is in here that's called according to his purposes, and everything that we do, we do it, for all these things work together. We are to know something about God and about our situation. What should we know? If, if, if we're really, if we really know, that, don't, don't the scripture say the truth that you know shall set you free? Well, what is the truth that you know? What is the truth you know about this verse? Now, 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 I want you to get this tonight because I'm going to teach you how to fight the devil with Scripture. The truth that you know will set you free, not the facts that you know. See, facts will tell you you may lose your job. Facts will tell you your car skipping and it's acting up. Uh, facts will tell you you may have a hurt toe. Uh, facts will tell you you may be sick. But what does truth tell you? Truth tells you that we know that all things work to, for the good to them that love God. Now, you say, well, 
I've not got a lot of good things happening in my life right now. You know why? I'll guarantee you if you'll start evaluating your situation, you'll start realizing that the facts has been adding up, not truth. Watch what happens. See, when the storm come up, this is what the disciples started seeing. They started seeing the storm. They started seeing the waves. They started hearing the wind. And, and, and you start taking that and stacking it up. Now, where did it mention anywhere along through there that they had Jesus on the boat? Where did it say that they remembered what Jesus said? See, the Bible didn't say Jesus told the disciples, get on the boat, we're going to commit suicide. That wasn't what Jesus told them. Jesus didn't tell them, get on the boat, we're about to have a ride for our lives, we're going to get so scared, we're going to wet our pants. That wasn't what Jesus told them. Jesus told them what? We're going to the other side. Well, if Jesus gave you a word that you're going to the other side, why are you freaking out because you're stuck in the middle? Come on, guys. This is where the rubber hits the road. This is what, remember what I told you the title of my message was? It is what it is, but it ain't what it seems. This is where the rubber really meets the road because here you are now. You're in a storm and your ship is stuck. So how do you get it rolling again? You find you some truth. You find you some truth instead of fact. You find you some truth. Is this, is this helping anybody? I, I want to keep it going just a minute. I want you to get this. Your bank account saying it's overdrawn or it's out empty. That's what your bank. Facts, facts are, man. You wrote all the checks out of your checkbook. And you didn't even happen to check and see what your balance was. You just kept writing them because you had plenty of checks. Facts is, man, it's not looking good. But a Philippians 4.19 says this. God shall supply all your needs. If you're doing the right thing and if you're believing God for the right things, you find that scripture that's hanging on what you need and you begin to stand on it. I don't care what facts say. Facts may say you're broke today, but, but I'm going to tell you something. The truth of the matter is your father owns the cattle of a thousand hills. Uh, uh, your situation is conditional. It can change tomorrow and you can be a rich man tomorrow. You might be a beggar today, but tomorrow you can be a rich man. You say, I don't believe that. That's what's wrong with us. We're not believing truth. We're believing fact over truth. Just because you're in a situation today is not a, an indication that that's a permanent situation for you the rest of your life. Because Philippians 4.19 says, but God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. What about this one? Let me give you another one so you can write this one down. Say maybe you've been diagnosed with something. Maybe you've got some kind of symptom. We're not, boy, Dr. J taught me this one a while back. We're not going to discard the fact that you've got the symptom. We're not going to exclude it. We're not going to ignore it because you cannot ignore stuff, man. You just can't ignore it. You've got to deal with issues. You can't ignore the fact that you've got a symptom. But what you can stand on is this. I wrote this down for you. First Peter 2, 4 says, By whom he bore our sicknesses and, and by, our stripe, by his stripes we are healed. Jesus Christ is our healer. Even though we may have a, we may have a symptom, but Jesus has the final answer. He does, man. I don't care what you say. You stand on this stuff and you watch what happens. Your facts will start disappearing. Your facts will start disappearing. 
Well, my child, you don't understand. My child is when eight bloco. You just don't understand, Pastor. My child, uh, they're on dope. Uh, they're out here drinking. They're out running the roads. Uh, man, that's fact, isn't it? They are doing that. But what's the Bible say about it? Train up your children in the way they should go. When they get older, they will return. That's a promise of God. I think I'm preaching pretty good. John 8 says this. John 8, 32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. See, we can believe fact. We can believe fact and be damned. We can believe fact. Fact of the matter is the disciples thought they were going down in the ship and they weren't going to the other side. So here they go, these big mighty men who were professional fishermen that knew how to ride out a storm and knew how to sail a boat. They got so scared they run down into the, to the, to the belly of the ship and began to cry out, Lord, save us, save us. I mean, can you imagine how ridiculous Jesus thought that was? Because they never was lost to begin with. They'd already been saved. They were disciples. What about us, guys? Sometimes when stuff comes up in our lives, we run back to Jesus. Oh, Jesus, save me. I'm losing it. Oh, save me. Find a verse of Scripture. Find something that gives us a promise. Am I making any sense to you? I remember, and I've told you this story before, and I'll tell you this is my testimony. When I was growing up, we was poor and poor. And there wasn't nothing about poor I, I liked. I hated it. You can say, well, I'm poor, Pastor. Well, you can change it. But I can remember telling myself night after night, day after day, if I live long enough, if I learn enough, if I get smart enough, I'll never be broke another day in my life. I'll never, I'll never, I'll never. You say, Pastor, those mighty words. You can learn some things through God's Word. You can stand on Scriptures, biblical principles in God's Word, and He'll give you protection. He'll give you Scripture to stand on it that you'll never be broke again. And from 1985 until 2017, I have never been broke. I have made preparations to where I'll never be broke again. I'm not saying I'm a rich man, but I'll tell you what. I've got a dollar or two put back for a rainy day because there's nothing about being broke I liked. It's like getting lost. Man, when I was lost, I remember what it was like. Lying to people. Conniving people. Trying to act like I was something and I wasn't to somebody else. Putting on a fake face around people. But I'll never forget the day that I got saved. I stood on a verse of Scripture that if I would ask the Lord Jesus into my heart and I would believe unto him, he shall save me. And I've been saved ever since. What's that got to do with it? A lot of things. Christians trade out faith or truth for false evidence. On a regular basis. We get a whimper. We're sick. We, we, we go through a little storm. We're dying. We get a cold. We ain't not going to make it. We have a week of struggle. And we're going to lose everything we've got. That's not the life that Jesus Christ died for us to have. Matter of fact, John 10 says he died so we could have the good life. There's nothing good about worrying. There's nothing good about being broke. There's nothing good about being sick. There's nothing good. But what makes it good, though, is you've got a promise that 
You may be today, but tomorrow your whole world can change. That's like when the doctors come out and tell you you got something, and you really do. But when you open up your Bible and you find a scripture in there, it says that Jesus bore your sins and carried them to the cross. And by his stripes, you are healed. That's the finished word. That's the finished word. Let me tell you what Oxford Dictionary says about fact. Okay? Oxford Dictionary is notable, a dictionary that we all use. It says this. It defines fact as an actual occurrence, truth, reality, in the earthly realm. Facts are true, but in the spiritual realm, they are simply not true. That's what the dictionary says. We cannot forget that a Christian, we operate according to the kingdom premises, principles and not the earthly ones. Being a Christian, we don't, we're not supposed to operate in the earthly principles. We're supposed to operate in the kingdom principles. In the kingdom. That's where we're supposed to operate. John 17 says this. John 17, 16 says, But though we are of this world or a part of this world, we're not of this world. We're just here temporary, passing through. We're not supposed to allow any part of this world to conform us. You know, and I know the world says this. The world says they live better than we do. No, they don't. The world says we got more than they do. No, they don't. The world says they have a less stressed life. No, they don't. A Christian, a Christian, guys, a, a Christian, you can just turn on Christian music. You can hook a, a Christian up to a blood pressure machine stress monitor and whatever else, and you can check it. And when you begin to put on Christian music, watch what happens Watch what happens to them. Their numbers start dropping. Their stress levels. Everything else starts lining up with God's Word. The facts, the facts are always against Christians because that's the earthly realm. How many of you know what Corinthians chapter, uh, 2 Corinthians teaches us? That Christian people are not supposed to walk by sight. We're supposed to walk by faith. We're not supposed to put our trust in the fact realm. We're supposed to put our trust in the faith realm. To where we believe God and we believe that God can do all things. We're supposed to put our trust in the scriptures of God to where, where God is committed to keep his word. His word is his highest level of bond. And if God said it, he'll perform it. He'll perform his truth, out, outweigh facts every time. If God said it, he'll do it. We must learn. We must come to the place in our lives to where we stand on that. If we don't, we'll continue to walk that we're on. Like the disciples, when the storm come up, they're all going to run to the belly of the ship and cry out, Have mercy on us, Lord, save us, for we're going to die. Doctors may come in and tell you you have cancer. Isaiah 53.5 says, The truth, and by your stripes we are healed. The difference between fact and truth, fact is, listen to this, guys, fact is what the enemy throws out. They're wanting you to believe. How many, how many times is, have you heard stuff like this? 
You'll never make it. You'll never amount to nothing. You've gone as far as you can go. You just don't have what it takes. You, 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 you won't go no further. You can't do it. You've reached your pinnacle. Facts are you don't have enough education. Facts are you don't have this and you don't have enough money. Facts are that you'll never be able to have that, that second home. Or facts are you'll never be able to do this. That, that, that's facts, but truth is different. Truth says believe, 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 believe. If we'll believe, God can change our whole world. If we can believe, God can take us from the backside of the desert and turn us into a multiplex city and, and give us generation after generation of, of, of kinfolks if we can believe. If we can believe, God can take uh, and give you a, a, a penny's worth of something. And if you can believe, you can turn around and, and, and turn it in and be a self-made millionaire if you can believe. I don't believe in all that, Pastor. Well, the Scriptures teach us that. Scriptures teach us that God takes pleasure in your prosper. God wants you to prosper. You say, well, Pastor, I'm not prospering right now. Well, have you, have you dug out some prosperous verses in the Bible and, and you started looking at them? And started realizing that, yeah, you might, uh, you, you may, maybe you're not aiming high enough. Maybe, maybe you've not got into God's word enough to realize that uh, uh, two-thirds of what Jesus talked about in the New Testament was about money. Why? Because he knew that if you didn't have much money, you wouldn't be much happy. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you something tonight, guys. This is scripture. This is Bible. Let me, let me tell you something else. We can't allow fact to shape our beliefs. We can't allow facts to shape our beliefs. Why? Because this word is not based on fact. It's based on truth. It's based on truth. Every word of it is the inspired word of God. Truth, not fact. I'm almost done. I'm going to get you out of here. Whatever God has not said about you, listen to this now, whatever, I don't care what everybody else says about you. Do you know when I was going to school, I was up until, Ralph, up until I was in, I was in middle school, I was about the size of Lincoln. And I know you may think I, it's hard to believe now, but I was a little bitty old boy. And people used to pick on me and everything else. But boy, when I turned into sixth grade, I started growing and got mean. The thing about it is, see, that's what people say about you. Uh, you know, I, I've heard people say bad stuff about their kids. Well, you'll never amount to nothing. I've heard bad people, uh, people say stuff about their spouses. Man, that, you, you, it's rebounding. It's coming back to you. It's going to hurt you in the long run. You shouldn't dog your children. You shouldn't dog your spouse. You shouldn't even dog your friends. You shouldn't even dog your coworkers. You shouldn't even dog your Christian brothers because there's one thing about it. Whatever you say, your words are going out. They're coming back, and they're going to get you. They really will. Man, I know I'm helping you tonight. We cannot allow facts. We cannot allow facts. I can remember my daddy would tell you this. My daddy would tell you when I was growing up, I was a knothead, that I would tear a cannonball up. That's what my daddy would say. But I tell you now, and I'm, not, I'm just telling you what people say about me now. I can fix anything. 
I mean, I'm not tooting my horn, but that's what they say about me now. That's a different scenario than what they used to say, though, right? I mean, can you imagine, Ralph, what they used to say about you when you was over running through the woods and acting crazy? If they could only see you now, $100,000 worth of tools and you could fix anything in the garage. I mean, can you imagine what they say now, David, about you? Uh, uh, when you used to sit over and smoke cigarettes and try to sell phones and, and do all that, but now what they're talking about? Guys, I'm trying to tell you something tonight. We can't allow, we can't allow facts to dictate to us our future. We can't do it. Listen to this. Whether God has said it about you or said something about you, if God hadn't said it, don't pay it no attention. Come on. I'm serious. Because how many of you have been down talked? I have. But I'm going to tell you something. What they said about you don't amount to nothing. It's what he says about you that counts. You are a child of the most high. I would, I would look at the next time somebody says something bad to you, I'd say, woe be unto you that speaks bad of the children of God. It'd be better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck and cast into the deepest part of the sea and to offend me any longer. God is fed up with it. Watch what happens to them. Watch what happens to them. I'm, you say, ah, oh, the Bible don't say that. You want to bet? It does too. Can I go on? I got three or four more things and I'll get out of your way. Most Christians have substituted, most, most Christians have substituted truth for faith. They've elevated fact. They've elevated fact in the place of truth. The children, the, 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 the disciples, a good example, the disciples were supposed to go to the other side and a storm come up. And we're not going to dispute the fact tonight that a storm come because it did come. But we will, we do have some room to argue tonight the fact that they went to pieces and lost it. And if they would have stood on the truth, they would have realized that before they ever set sail, they got a promise to go to the other side. I come to tell you tonight, guys, I don't care what you go through. If you've been saved by Jesus Christ, you've got a promise. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you even unto the end. If you go through hell, he'll go through it with you. If you go to heaven, he'll go through it with you. It don't matter what you go through, he'll be there with you. That's the promise we have. That's the promise we have. Last page, okay? The truth about the facts. I'm going to give you some truth about the facts. So you need to write this down because I want the next time something happens in your life when you maybe lose your job or lose a paycheck or get sick or, or you don't know when you're going to get your next meal, I want you to remember what this pastor said. I'm talking about truth about facts. I'm going to give you some truth about the facts. Okay? Not the facts of life, but the truth about it. Facts are intimidating. Let me say that again. Facts are intimidating. They really are. Can I get an amen? And even to the believer, simply because facts are sight-based. That's why it's so easy for a Christian to say, uh-uh, man, I ain't going over there because I can see what's going to happen. Well, you're walking by sight instead of by faith. 
This is good stuff. Corinthians chapter 2 says, For we were supposed to walk by faith, not by sight. It's hard to please God when everything you do, you have to have a sight plan. Where are you going to put your feet? Where are you going to stop? Where are you going to land? I'm going to tell you something. If you're one of those tonight, you need to make some adjustments because you will please God by faith. You will please God by standing on God's word. You will please God by, by not breaking God's commandments. You will please God by praying to God. You will please God by seeking God. You will please God tonight by upholding all God's standards. Facts are, and I'm closing with this, 15 after 8, it's almost 15 after 8. Facts are earthly based. If you don't plan to go any higher than where you are now, you continue to exist by fact. But if you want to please heaven and you want to please God, start standing on truth. Start standing on truth. Is this the end for you? Heck no. This is just the beginning for the believer. God's just getting you ready. God's making preparation. Are, 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 you, are you always going to live uh, in a tent? No, you ain't got to live in a tent. There's nothing wrong with living in tents if you like being in a tent. I mean, when I was in Israel, they still lived in, there was hundreds and hundreds of people that still lived in tents this day and age. But now, if you want a nice home, you can still have that today. Your father will give it to you. Your father will grant that. He promised you scriptures. They scriptures that will substantiate you having a nice place. There's nothing wrong with wanting and having. He said he would give you the desires of your heart. The problem is you've got to make sure your desires line up with God's desires. Are you with me? Fact versus truth. It is what it is, but it's not what it seems. The enemy will tell you you're never going to make it no further than you are now. It's over with. You won't go no further. You can't do it. You can't reach your potential. You, you, you can't reach your pinnacle. You can't go no higher. It is what it is. You were born on this side of the tracks. You were born like uh, it, it is what it is. Don't expect nothing else. I come to tell you that the devil is a liar. God can elevate you. The Bible says that your gifts will make room for you and take you before great men. Stand on the truth of God. Stand on God's word tonight. Brothers and sisters.